Hello, welcome to day 20 of Podmas here on a Saturday's Life podcast, the honest guide to living and working abroad. I'm Liam. And I'm Al. And welcome back. Day Hello. 20. We're in, we're in, we're on the final stretch now, my love. Five, well, four more. And then Christmas Day, where as you said yesterday, we're going to phone it in. Yeah, we'll just say hi. Yeah. Hi, hi. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hi, hi. Yeah, wait to trailer <laughs> the upcoming episode there, Al, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Christmas Day is going to be shit. So don't bother. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, today is themed by the classic Christmas song, Chris Rea's Driving Home for Christmas. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. You can't. And if you like Gavin and Stacey, you know, you know. So, Can I just stop and say one thing that does bug me about that is that sure. he says I'm on the freeway, tail lights everywhere. And it's like, hang on, this guy is from Middlesbrough in the north of England. Oh, is he? I yeah. was assumed he was American. No, no, and I was a bit like, mm, you don't get many highways or freeways and uh, tail lights in Middlesbrough. I guess it rhymed easier than motorway. Good point. Bit too many syllables in there, isn't there? Motorway. Anyway. Anyway. So where was I? What was I saying? Yeah, it's a good song. Um, so we originally, oh yes, I, I remember. So we originally intended to do an episode themed by this song about our drive home for Christmas. And we we're going to give you some little snippets of it on the road. And as you know by now, that's not happening. Britain's on fire again. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, we made the right decision and, and it's becoming more and more clear that we did. But anyway, instead of that, we thought, and this was inspired by a blog post that I stumbled across, um, which was um, questions that get asked a lot by friends, family members, when you return back, even just for a short visit, um, and you're an expat, you're a digital nomad, and you're going to get asked the same types of questions by different people. And can it be annoying? Sure. But they're coming from a place of love. They're coming from a place of interest. So we thought we would run through some of these questions. And instead of being like, oh, isn't this annoying? Like we were the other day. All right, Lois, sit down. <laughs> we thought we would give a bit more positive spin on how we answer these questions. And also, you know, if you're, if you're about to go back to Christmas for the first time as an expat, or if you're embarking on this journey in the new year, you know, questions to, to be aware of. And if you're just thinking about this life, questions to ask yourself. Great. Great intro. Love it. Okay, so have we got question one handy? Sure, sure. She says that she's unlocking her phone to find the notes. <laughs> so question one, I'm going to ask this one to you, Al. Okay. Is it safe to live in? Insert place. Hmm. <clears throat> well, the answer obviously for certain places is, is it safe to live in Kabul? Um, probably not right now. Um <laughs> But, but the majority of European countries, yes, it's perfectly safe to live in. Of course, do your own research. Uh, we went to Myanmar about two years ago, and it was a mm -hmm. fabulous place. Now is a place that maybe we wouldn't go because of the... Oh, uh, it's sad the news that you're seeing coming out there at the minute. It really is, sad. it is. But there's also a lot, of, a lot of countries that I think people don't really know much about. So people know about Croatia, but if you say Serbia... Like one person asked us, isn't Serbia really cold? It's like, well, no, I think you might be thinking of Siberia. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what about Albania? Isn't, isn't that dangerous? It's like, well, no, obviously I can't tell you to go because it's not dangerous. But just no, I think we've never felt unsafe really in European countries. 
No. And like you say, it's doing your own research and also appreciating that nowhere you go is 100% safe. There's no beds everywhere that want to fuck mm. up your life. I mean, we, I mean, I think the UK, man, <sighs> there are places in the UK, is Manchester a safe place to live? Ugh. Overall, yes. But you've got to, you've got to have some street smarts about you. You've got to know the right places to go and when. We had an attempted carjacking in Manchester. So mm -hmm. we've had more trouble in the UK than we have anywhere else. Um, I think it's just being, just being aware as you would in any city. You're a tourist. If you look obviously a tourist people, you know, you've got a freaking red light whizzing around your head if you're too obviously touristy. And, and that is, is going to bring its own challenges. So do your research, answer the question with that in mind. You know, is it safe from what from what I've researched? Yes, it is. I understand the crime rate to be fairly low in this place I'm going to. I understand that I'm I've researched the the um, districts and this is a good one to go to, this one not so much. Um do your research, try and reassure people and just just be smart, be sensible, look after yourself. Absolutely. I think the, the probably one of the scariest, but actually wasn't that scary looking back on it, was when we went to Morocco and we turned up and we had a suitcase and walked through like the, the market in the suitcase and basically mm. two very white Northern Europeans with a suitcase in the center of Morocco, well, it's actually Tangiers, we attracted a fair amount of attention. We were like the mm -hmm. pipe pipe with all the kids running after yeah. us. Um, and that was a little bit disconcerting. Um, but I mean, just now we know that. We know that we just get a taxi from wherever. And even the taxi overcharges us. It's better mm -hmm. to do that. Absolutely. And you know, it's we always say if you're going somewhere for the very first time, book in somewhere in the center, right? In the touristy bit. Ask your hotel, what where's a good place to stay longer term or go on to the expat groups before you go, where's a safe place to be. Um, and there's going to be times of year that it, it fluctuates as well. It's, um, it's like anywhere, you know, if you're from the UK, the States, Canada, anywhere, Japan, South Korea, you know there are safe places and there are not safe places. So the only thing you need to do is figure out where they are ideally before you travel. I think before we go into question two, just take a second to think about the person who's asking the question. They're not necessarily saying, oh, you're making a bad choice by going to a dangerous thing. They're mm -hmm. probably just asking, are you going to be safe? Yeah. And this is very much a mum question, I think, would ask that. Definitely. Okay, what have we got question two? A bit more frivolous question, but one that I've certainly been asked a number of times. Can you drink the tap water? <laughs> I think we can answer this question with two words. Google it. Yeah, Google it. It depends yeah. not only what country you're in, but whereabouts. Mm -hmm. Typically, we found that if you are in certain parts of the countryside where they don't, they're not connected to the mains water, then no, don't drink the tap water. There are certain places that are very good for tap water, like Granada, for example, is a is a province in, in Spain. Spain. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Um, we had an interesting experience in Croatia actually. Um, we first came and and we were like, yeah, you can drink drink the tap water that's fine we did it was fine um and we also a bit extra so we traveled the british filter as well of course, of course. um and then we went to a um like a winery didn't we not too far away from where we lived 
And Al just did something as simple as um, put some water in his wine glass to wash it out before tasting the next one. And the guy who was um, advising was like, no, no, don't do that, especially this time of year because the government or the local council put a lot more chemicals in the water because the tourists are coming and there's a really fast change over water. And within about three weeks, we went from being able to drink the tap water fine mm -hmm. to it just being awful. Like you could smell the chemicals mm -hmm. coming from the tap, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I, th I think that if you come from a place like the UK, possibly the States, you might think, well, bottled water, oh, well, you know, that's quite expensive. Um, but actually, when you get to Europe, it's that's not. I mean, it's like a quid for five litres. Um, it's, um, so what's that, about $1.10 or something at the moment. Um, so, yeah, if in doubt, don't. But most places is fine. And by Googling it, you'll, you'll soon see. Yeah, and in Europe, typically, not in Europe, in Southeast Asia, typically we didn't drink a tap water. Nope. We'd always ask for bottled water. Um, but that was a fairly standard thing anyway. If you ask for water in a, even just a little backstreet bar, they tend to bring you a, a bottle of yeah. water. The other top tip that we learned in Southeast Asia as well is to drink out of a straw. And you'll find that if you go somewhere like Bangkok or, or anywhere in Thailand, actually, they will give you a bottle of water with a straw. Um, because it's something about the top is not being sanitized properly, or I don't, I don't know. But if but a if local says drink through a straw, I'm like, okay. And I think also think about that if you if if you're someone's handling bottles of water, you're basically their hands are going to be touching the water where your lips are going to be touching the top. So, Especially yeah. in these times, though. Especially in these times, exactly. <laughs> what have we got for question three? Uh, so question three: My friends want to visit the place you're living in. Can you give some recommendations or take them somewhere cool? Well, yes. Yeah, cool, of course. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. It's like an annoying question. I'm like, yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've had friends come over, and we, and I, I don't know where all the expats listening to this. I, I hope you. Well, I hope, but I imagine you're the same. If you've got someone coming over, then you probably spend a few days thinking about where you can take them, researching whether it's going to be open, finding good restaurants, all that kind of stuff, um, because you want to kind of show off where you're living. Mm-hmm. I actually think I think this actually question needs to be flipped and more as the expat or digital nomad. Don't be an arse about it. Like if someone's asking you about it, but they've already booked something or mm. they've already got somewhere in mind that they want to go, where they want to go. Don't be like, oh, don't go there. You want to go here. Because no doubt they've already done their research. They've got their heart set on it. Oh, don't be that person. They want to go there for whatever reason. Just say, oh, do you know what? While you're there, such and such is only a couple of hours drive away. Go there. You might really like it. It's a bit different. So I think flip this more in terms of if you ask for advice, don't be too like, don't be like dictatory about it, you know? Just share your advice and your opinions and ultimately watch them go somewhere completely different because that's what tends to happen when people ask us. Yeah, and also the perfect example, we used to live near the Costel Sol in Spain. We actually uh, lived on it for about 18 months. Um, and lovely as it was, it is very touristy and it's not like Spain. You know, it's very much very touristy. And so people will say, we're coming over to see you and we're going to stay in X place. And it's like, well, that's fine. You know, that's where they've decided they want to stay. It's no problem at all. Um, but then just encourage them to go if they can, into a bit more of the sort of rural side of Spain or mm. the the real Spain. And people who've come to stay with us in a place called Colmenar in um, uh, in, in Andalusia um, and in the Axaquia, and they've come here and they've said, we felt like we felt we've seen the real Spain here. And, and it, that's probably not even the real Spain, you know, the real rural Spain. We mm. probably would scare the hell out of us. But as Leanne says, don't, don't be an arse about it because they've made their mind up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so this is a ma- oh, this is a maybe tough one. Um, so this question is: Aren't you going to miss your friends and family? Said with a slight air of judgment. Mm. <laughs> there are quite. <laughs> as an expat, you'll soon learn to to realize that we'll soon realize that a, a lot of questions are said with an air of judgment. It doesn't necessarily mean that that it's bad. It's just some people envy your life and there's a bit of judgment there. Some people don't want you to go, so there's a bit of judgment or even trying to sway you not to go. And then there's the occasion person, just an arsehole. But I think for a lot of people, that's the reason why they can't imagine living that life because mm. they'd miss their friends and families. They find it hard to imagine somebody who who wouldn't. So how, how do you answer that question? I think obviously we do. Um, thankfully now we're experts now in 2021 um, and so there's things like Zoom, WhatsApp um, I know as I'm, maybe I'm being a little bit uh, sexist here when I say as a fella what I mean is that um, my male friends and I will send horrific messages telling each other that, that they're horrible people and we hope that they fall over and stuff and sending horrible little videos and what that is really is just going hey mate hope you're okay <laughs> does that does that make sense what i yeah, just said yeah and i think that and i think girls women might be a little bit different in that they might be a bit more in touch with their feelings perhaps and say you know i do miss you whereas you know as, as fellas we tend not to say oh, i miss you more like <laughs> look at this kind of thing does that make sense? With the subtext being, I miss you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yes, of course, I missed my friends. I missed my family. Um, and that's why it's all the more important to, first of all, get out there and find people in your local area. Um, don't expect them to be as good friends as you're going to find as you have mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, um, you're only common, often, <laughs> you're only common denominator. The only thing you've got in common with them is that you both speak English and live in a different country from your home country. Um, and so don't expect that. And um, um, and I've forgotten the second point. I had a really good <laughs> second point, but I've forgotten it. Yeah, it, I mean, it is a hard one. And it's if you are thinking about becoming an expat or if you are you are ready to jump into that life in 2022, this is something that you are, you are going to miss your friends and family. Of course you are. Um, I think the trap I fell into when we first started living abroad was I tried to... The people I met, I... I'm, I kind of like benchmarked against my existing friends. And if I wasn't as interested in them, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to see them again. Cause, you know. But it's, you can't replace year, you know, a friend that you've had for years. You can't replace a year-long friendship with someone that you, you just meet. It, it takes that time process again. And, and there are other people, you know, you can just collect friends from a point of view of, of what you like to do. You know, you might meet somebody who has a similar interest to you or you know, likes to, likes to do things that you do have a dog and you go on dog's walk with. I think you, you learn to, the shift is a bit different. Or it was for me anyway, in terms of how to make friends and how to, to see those friendships. And at the same time, you can meet people who you do stay in touch with and you do make connections with. And it's just, it's just a very Hello, Sophie different Sophie and Daniel. Thing. Yeah, hey, Sophie and Daniel. All right, all right. It's, um, it's just different and family yeah of course of course and I think more so over the last two years where traveling is is getting more difficult we were always very fortunate because we we spent the majority of our time in Europe it wasn't that big a deal to go back for a wedding or a christening or a birthday or something going on or just because um whereas I think if you live further away I know um our Lorna, um, our sister who lives in New Zealand, she finds it more difficult because going back is a bigger deal. And then with the pandemic, it's it's got a mo- lot more difficult as well. So 
So yeah, but you know what? The actual, with that match, the pandemic, the thing that has been really good for that is that people have learned more how to use Zoom and WhatsApp and, and it's not as weird now to sit and have a cup of tea and chat to somebody over Zoom for an hour. Um, so I think it's actually a lot easier now than it was when we started traveling. Exactly. And I think that also, like Leanne mentioned there before about uh, weddings, that kind of thing, it, it it's going to be financially and all the other alleys more difficult for you as an expat to get back for these things. But that's why it's all the more important. Um, I think it's I think if 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 you can get back, you should. I think you should probably put 50, 60 quid a month aside into a fund. Um, if you if you uh, if you're thinking about changing banks, look at Starling Bank because they have something called Spaces, which means you can basically just contribute fifty quid automatically goes to this space like a mini savings account, mm-hmm. um, just for when things like this happen. So you have a budget to go back. And the number of times, particularly early on, where we would go back for someone we'd be invited to a wedding, we'd make the effort to go back. It might cost us seven hundred quid round trip mm-hmm. for one night or two nights, but the difference that made mm-hmm. it cemented friendships um, and also let's be honest from an ego point of view when you go back and you're the person who lives in <laughs> Gibraltar then there's a big fuss made about you we won a prize at one wedding we won a prize <clears throat> for like the guests that travel the furthest to be there Fucking smashed it by about a thousand miles we did we did so um so definitely make the effort don't you know don't say oh i can't come back because it's difficult to get flights of course in the current pandemic that's a bit different but i have to cough excuse me carry on fill the space <laughs> so the next the next question is i guess a, a similar thing and the next question is is what are you going to do if something happens to your family well that's shit if something mm. does and and things do sadly mm-hmm. things do um we've both had times where we've received some bad news from home and have been on the flight the next day that's true um Again, we were fortunate enough to be in, in Europe and home is the UK. So flights are fairly, well, they are very affordable. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-pandemic as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, I guess it's always thinking about that. Like I said, we have a savings fund. Like an, we, when we do have an emergency fund, we set aside mm-hmm. about 50, 75 pound a month just for like an emergency fund, which mm-hmm. is exactly things like that. The reality is... Money aside and pandemic aside, there's very few places in the world that you can't get back home within 24 hours Mm -hmm. if you need to. Um, And the pandemic has changed a lot. And we both had some deaths in in the family over the last year. And it was really shit not being able to get back and more to support our family that are still there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hard. But, you know, you you do what you can when you can. And people understand that. People understand that. And I think... You know, it's knowing that if there is, if it's completely unforeseen circumstance that you can't get back, people will know that. But as Al said before, it is one of those strange things where you, you kind of like, we built up quite a lot of credit in our bank, didn't we? Because we did go back for everything mm-hmm. that we could. Mm-hmm. Then people understood that if we say we can't get back, they know we can't get back. We looked at every possible option. We just can't. Um but I think, you know, that's true of, of anything, you know, what do you do if something happens to your family and you've got work commitments or you've got children or you're living there in a different city? It's it, it amplifies the problem a little bit, but I don't think it's a problem that other people don't experience. No, and I think that um, like 
I think if you listen to anyone who's sensible who goes who, who goes and does some expatery, um, they will have a savings account. Um, if you don't have savings or if things are tough, just try and apply for a credit card. Doesn't matter if it's like a bad boy fifty percent APR credit card. Try and get a credit card with like a grand or a couple yes. of grand on it, um, and give it maybe to a friend or a family member. Um, and just say, look, if I really need to book flights, then will you give me that credit card number? Don't take it with you because you'll be tempted to um, to rack things up. And just have this emergency fund. So if something does happen, just move heaven and earth to get back if you can. And mm-hmm. I think even in the pandemic, yeah. if you have a family emergency and you explain that to your travel operator, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, explain that to travel operator, I'm sorry. All right. I've got a hairball there, love. <laughs> I, I stuck, a good cough. stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was going to cough or vomit. But um, yeah, speak to your operator and explain the situation, and uh, I'm sure they'll be very amenable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, another question which we talk about a lot how do you get to know people? How do you get to know people? <laughs> Is the passive aggressive answer back. Um, but but it's true. How do you get to know people the same way you do otherwise? Either through work or or Facebook groups or just sitting in your local cafe and making an effort to chat to people. Um, finding, like, if you have a hobby, finding similar interest groups. Volunteering, we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different ways. I think the, the real thing that you have to do, and it's hard for me because I'm quite introverted, more not it just takes energy for me to spend time with people particularly people i don't know um but you have to you just have to put you just have to do it you just have to throw yourself into it and i I don't mean to sound bad or negative but i guess almost mind your expectations a little bit you Mm -hmm. need to kiss a lot of frogs yes you need to kiss a lot of frogs but it's like when you started high school right yeah did you start in a friendship group that you ended up with by the end of high school no Nope. You know, it's just you get to know people, it's worked for a little while and then you move on and friendships evolve and change and, you know, out, outrun themselves. Um, just put yourself out there, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Like we went yesterday, we went to an expat uh, do in um, Istria. There was about 30 people there. It was organized by some people we'd met through, I can't remember how we met them, but... Dog same, walk. Oh, it was a dog walk. Yeah, yeah. organized dog walk. Um, and so we just talked, you know, just talked to everyone and or everyone we could. Um, and as the answer is, will everyone become lifelong friends? Of course not. But it's the same in your home country. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the pub, talk to 20 people and then go, I've got, now got 20 best friends. <laughs> you know, it's um, and just, yeah, just get yourself out there. Because let's be honest, very few people are going to knock on your door and say, hey, I'm from the same country as you. Um, would you like to be friends? Apart from... Oh, well, that, yeah, that has happened to us. <laughs> that has happened. That has happened to us. But, Hi, Dave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not very... Not, and in fact, to be fair, there was some backstory to that, so... Yeah. Okay. So one last question. Mm-hmm. The hardest of questions, I think, to ask yourself rather than someone asking you. Although you will you will get asked it. We've been asked it. But if you are considering this life or about to leap into this life, this is a question you need to ask yourself and you need to know the answer to what happens if you realize it wasn't what you expected it to be i don't know if you're leaving a dramatic pause i was leaving a dramatic pause i like it (laughs) 
Go ahead. Me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to one of the other five people sitting in our <laughs> podcast studio. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think that's a bit of um, I think the brutal fact is that it's not going to be what you think it is. It's not. Um, I think that no matter how many blogs you read, um, how many places you look, you're going to go, oh, especially if you're like sick of where you live in your home country, but like this is going to be so much better. It's There's going to be problems. There's going to be issues. There's going to be stuff that's going to be disappointing. And there's going to be stuff that isn't what you expect it to be. I think the if if it's so bad that you can't deal with it, and you've given it a good college try. You've not been there for like three weeks and gone, I can't do this. If you've been there for 12 months and you're just miserable, just go back. What's stopping you? Probably your ego. Of pride. Your, of, yeah, pride. Going back and saying it didn't work. If nothing else, you can say, yeah, yeah, I tried Spain for a little bit. Wasn't really for me. So I've come back, earning a bit of money, and I'm off to Mexico. And that's a bad example, but uh, in terms of language. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm off to Serbia. And I'm going to try that. I think you'll get some people who go, oh, well, of course they tried it. It didn't work out for them. They're arseholes. Fuck them. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think typically on your, on your last point there, there might be some people that go, oh, I knew that I knew they'd come back. I knew that mm-hmm. they wouldn't last. I always think of, of my, my kind of like guiding light of, of advisory people, which is RuPaul Charles. <laughs> And he says, anything that comes out of somebody else's mouth is all about them. It's not about you. And if you have anyone in your life that that is going to make a comment like that, and probably not to your face, probably behind your back, that's not about you. That's about them. That's completely about them. Mm-hmm. The reality is, I agree, it's not going to be what you expect it to be. There's going to be moments that are a million times better than you ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be times that are so much harder than you ever imagined. And the reality is that most of it's going to be in between. Yeah. But it's it's hard to, I mean, if you think about that as a question or even, you know, to one to ask yourself, what is as you expected it to be? If you start a new job, it's never quite what you expected it to be. If you move to a new place, if you try something new, it's never quite, quite what you expect it to be. And we talk about this in terms of our relationship quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like Al is, is the man of my dreams, the man that I sat and described to my best friend Francesca, Aww. hi Jez, when we were about 16 years old, in terms of <laughs> what I wanted in a man. And Al meets every single one of those points, just not quite in the way I expected it. <laughs> I was like, I was just romantic. I was like, I want, I want my husband to like write songs for me. And Al does, but just like silly little <laughs> tunes like, what's for lunch, Leah? What's for lunch, Leah? And it makes me smile. It makes me laugh. And so nothing is as you expect it to be. But also, you know, as like I said, what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. And that's something we talk about a lot. If you can accept the worst case scenario, then do it. Worst case scenario, you go, you try it for a year. You really don't get on with it. You got two options. You either crack on and or three options. You go either crack on and see if it gets better. You try somewhere else and see if you prefer it, or you go back. And the reality is, you're not going back in terms of back to square one. You've no. had a whole experience of twelve months that you never would have had if you didn't have the bravery to make that decision in the first place. It will change you as a person. It will change your outlook on things. You've had an adventure. 
you've had a chapter in your life that's been cool, even if it has been hard. So take that, take that as the win. That ticket is an adventure. And you've stretched your comfort zone a little bit to a point where it's not going to go back. So now if you go, if you go, went and tried France for a year and didn't like it, then you go back, then it's no longer a big thing of going, oh, I'm going to go and live in a different country because you've already done that. This, that's been done. You've proven that you've not died. Um, and, <laughs> and you're like, okay, so I'm going to go live in a different country, but it's not going to be France. So I'm going to go and try Spain. I'm going to go and try Bulgaria. I'm going to go and try Portugal. I'm going to try whatever, Lithuania. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that the challenge then is finding out where you do want to live, not actually getting on that plane, that ferry, that Eurotunnel, whatever it is, to go and do that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, even if you do it and you just realize that actually where you started from is exactly where you want to be, then that's a worthwhile thing to, to do, to make sure that you're then confident in the choices you have made and where you are. And and if you're away for a year, nothing's going to change dramatically, let's be honest, not really. If you're away for five, then yeah, things will be different when you go back. But 12 months ain't no big thing. Ain't no thing. Great questions, Leo. Thanks. Well, it's not me. I should, we should probably name check the blog, right? Yes, we should. And the blog is from... Who are these people? It's not a very good website. Huh? You can't. They've got their logo, but no name. Oh, <sighs> I don't know. Expat.com. See now, that's a great domain name. Why not yeah. have the logo on it? Yeah, right. Um, unless they're so well known, they don't need it. Anyway, we're not here to give consultancy on building a great-looking website. Um, so <laughs> instead, pay for uh, that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, send us a check, and we will tell you. Um, so I think that's probably it for today, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think the headlines are, if someone asks you a question that you find irritating, it probably comes from a place of love. And it's probably irritating you because that's something that you're not happy with or comfortable with rather than the question being asked. That's such a good point. Such a good point that they're holding a mirror up against mm. you and you're seeing the imperfections. So if they ask you a question then i mean i know i've done it before and i've gone oh don't be so stupid that's a silly question and i've gone actually don't be you know don't be a knob al why are you getting angry about that yeah and i think as well don't be afraid to go i don't know do you think you'll live aboard forever i don't know do you think you'll you'll keep making money the way you do i don't know i, I don't know i honestly don't know no and no, that's no. fine absolutely absolutely we don't know whether we're going to be in um we, we could be in Portugal next May. We could be staying mm. in Croatia. We just don't know. But, you know, that was the thing, actually, when we were looking at the different digital nomad visas that are coming out and, and Spain, there was a rumble from Spain that mm -hmm. they're going to bring one out. And I said to you, Al, have we traveled the world to just go right back to where we started from? And Al's answer was basically like, if we did, what a hell of an adventure. Exactly. What a hell of an adventure. That's a great way to leave it. Okay, so if you've got more questions that you want answering about expatery or travel, uh, as you probably know, we've been to 44 countries, 150, no, now 160 stops, stayed over 100 Airbnbs, we'd love to hear your questions. You could be featured on a future podcast. Just go to asidewayslife.com forward slash hello. And there's some fancy voice note thingamajigany they can use now. Yeah, so you can leave a message there or just go on to Instagram, find us on Instagram and send us a message either via video or via audio. We want to hear from you. We do want to hear from you. We do. Now we do. 
the other day we didn't, but now we do, and I do care. I would just like to say I care. Lois doesn't, but I care. Lois is Leanne's alter ego, <laughs> who appears for about three days a month and is very, very grumpy. She's spicy. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get a sample of Lois, then go back to uh, episode fifty-two. I think it is. You'll see. It just says we're very grumpy. Yes. Right, let's leave it there because we've now passed the half an hour mark. I Woo-hoo! thought this was going to be about six minutes and we were going to have to pad it out. What can I say when you've got good stuff to talk about? It just comes, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> oh, Talking- shite. Works <laughs> best ways, actually. <laughs> Talking of coming, Christmas is coming. We are gone day 21 tomorrow. Yeah. And also, you lucky guys. Well, actually, no. Northern Hemisphere, we're lucky. Southern Hemisphere, boo. We are the shortest day tomorrow. So Woohoo! The nights get slightly... Is it the 21st or the 22nd? Is it the 21st? Pretty sure it's the 21st. Cool. So the days get slightly longer as of 24 hours time. Excellent. Right, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.